Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. How you doing today? You doing good? It's good to see you. I heard Miss Donna, man, she, she's alive and well. She done recovered up. Man, them steroids are working, aren't, aren't they? The gains. I can see the gains, Miss Donna. She was sick, by the way. She's not really on steroids, but uh, she's doing better now, so I'm thankful for that. She was a little, it was a little quiet around church for a few weeks when she was sick. I'm glad she's alive and well. So um, we're going to have a great day today. We're going to continue in this series uh, called Working for the Weekend, and today I want to talk again about rest, about rest. So if you got your Bibles with you, let's turn to Hebrews. We're going to start in Hebrews, and we're going to start in chapter 4, Hebrews 4, and we're going to start in verse 9. Hebrews 4 and verse 9, it says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. But that phrase this week uh, went off in me multiple times. It says in verse 9, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. Do you guys believe that to this morning? Do you believe that, that there is a rest for the people of God, that that is God's will for all of us in here, that there is a rest that we can get into, not just a physical rest, I believe in that, but also a, a rest for your soul and a rest for your spirit and a rest that God has for all of us in here. Therefore, remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. So if you're taking notes today, uh, the title of my message is Stop, Rest, Delight, Worship. Stop, Rest, Delight, Worship. Now, you'll figure out what I mean by that the further we go in this series. So today I want to follow up. We've been talking about rest on Sunday mornings in this work rest series called Working for the Weekend. And uh, last week we talked a lot about the foundation for where we're going to talk about today, which is this idea of Sabbath. The Bible talks about Sabbath. And that word Sabbath comes from the word Shabbat in the Hebrew Bible, which means to stop, to cease a labor or, or work. It means to rest, that, that God wants us to Sabbath. He wants us to live in this place of rest. Um, but this is something that we have to practice. It doesn't automatically happen. We must choose to rest. Now we see in your Bible that God modeled this for us in the creation account now this is just a little recap so you can understand where i'm going today in genesis it says that god in the creation account he modeled this for mankind it says he worked six days and then he rested on the seventh day he worked six days and he rested on the seventh day and that was a pattern or an example to Adam and Eve, to mankind, on what they should do. They should work six days and rest on the seventh day. But in Genesis, it says the seventh day was a special day. It was to be set apart. It was to be different from the rest of the days. And God called the seventh day, which we know as the Sabbath day, he said it was called to be blessed and it was called to be holy. It was called to be blessed, meaning if you do this on the seventh day, you take a Sabbath, it will bring life into your life. It's a blessed day, but it's also a holy day. It's a day to be set apart. It's a day to be different. The rest day needs to be different than the other six days. Are you with me this morning so far? I got to lay the groundwork for where we're going today. And so in Genesis, it says that God worked six days and he rested on the seventh day. And the seventh day was holy. It was blessed and it was holy and it was a day that God rested. Now, God rested not because he was tired. He rested because he was finished. Now, we have to rest because we're tired. 
because we're not God and we have finite energy and finite strength and we need to rest because we need it as human beings. And God knows what we need because he created us all. But we see here that in Genesis, rest is important. Rest is uh, talked about many times in the Genesis account. It's just as much as work is talked about in the Genesis account. Now, here's another side note that I didn't mention last week that we need to understand about Genesis. If you read the language in Genesis, it says this. When you're reading the Genesis account, It's different than the way that we would say in the Western modern world. But it gives us a clue on why God thinks rest is so important. If you read the days in Genesis, it says each day that it was evening and it was morning and then it was the first day. It was evening and it was morning and then it was the second day. It was evening and it was morning and it was the third day. It was evening and it was morning and it was the fourth day or the fifth day or the sixth day. It was evening and it was morning. Doesn't that sound weird to you? But do you realize that's how biblical people think? That's how the Bible was written. That's how Hebrew people think. They believe that the day starts in the evening. So it starts with rest. Biblical speaking The day starts with rest, and then you work. The modern Western person starts with morning and then evening. You start with work, and then if you get all your stuff done, then you're allowed to rest. It's a difference in mindset. But the Bible was written, and these words are not by accident. When it says evening and morning, that means that God wants to start every day with rest. Now, if you read on in the story that... Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. That means their first full day on earth was the seventh day, which was a day of rest. So God is speaking to us about how much rest is important. He says he wants mankind to start their day in rest, and he wants them to start their week in rest. Not work for rest, but work from rest. That's what God's desire and design for us is. But how many know us as Western people, Western-minded people, uh, modern people, we do the opposite. We work for rest, not from rest. But biblically speaking, and, and the way that God thinks about it, he wants us to work from rest, then work. Rest, then work. We start our day with rest. And then we work. We start our week with rest, and then we work. We, we need to start from this place of rest, not trying to earn our rest. And if we get around to it, we will rest. But God wants us to work from the place of rest, this place of grace. Because he's the one sustaining us. He's the one giving us life. He's the one helping us. So biblically speaking, the Hebrew mindset is that you start your day every day with rest. Evening to morning, and you start your week with rest. They started their week with a day of rest. Because God wants us to work from this place of rest. You still with me? That's how much God thinks rest is important. Mankind's first full day on the earth was not a work day. It's not a chore day. It was not a day to catch up on his emails. It was a day of rest. That Adam would know his first full day here, he was not sustaining this world. He was not taking care of this world. He was resting in God's creation, and then out of that rest, he could work the garden. We don't work for rest. We work from rest. You still with me? So in Hebrews 4, we just read it a second ago. It says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Now, in Hebrews 4, if if you have a Bible like I do, in the New King James, it says, actually, the title of chapter 4, or the theme of it, is the promise of rest. That's what it says in my Bible. In Hebrews chapter 4, which is written in the New Testament after Jesus died, after Jesus resurrected, this is a New Testament church. Hebrews is written to a group of Jewish believers who have been persecuted. And it says that in Hebrews... 
there is this mindset and this idea that God's people need to rest. They need to be in this place of rest. And there's so much in Hebrews 4, but let me give you the short version of it. He talks about that God's design for man was always the place of rest. In the garden, his design was for Adam and Eve to live in this place of rest. They wouldn't work for rest. They would work from rest. But we know something happened to make mankind not work from that place. It was called they sinned. And because they sinned, they opened the door to the curse, to the enemy, to Satan, to, to, to bring pain, to bring, bring stress, to bring disease, to bring heartache, to bring depression, to bring anxiety. And by them sinning, they opened the door. And then the Bible says after sin, man would work from this place of, re- of stress and in this place of turmoil, in this place of pain. And he says, no, you're going to struggle now because of this sin. And it's not going to be restful. This work is not going to be enjoyable. And you're not going to have rest. Why? Because sin entered in. Now, that was not God's decision or design. That was mankind did that to themselves. And opened the door to the enemy to bring all that evil into the world. Now, stay with me. But then we see here in the Bible that God is always trying to get his people back into a place of rest. He works with the people in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, to get his people back to the place where they belong. In this place of rest, in this place of Sabbath. And that's why God told his people to take a day of Sabbath and to take a day of rest. But we see in the the account of God's people in the Old Testament that we see that when Moses came on the scene, God was trying to get his people to a place, the promised land, which would be a place of rest. It would be a place of provision. It would be a place of peace and joy and abundance and rest. And that was God's plan and God's design. Stay with me. You're awful quiet. You're acting very Methodist today. It's okay. You're going to be Pentecostal before it's all said and done. God would try to get his people into a place, the promised land, which that would be a place of rest. And in Hebrews 4, it talks about there was a place of rest for God's people, but many of God's people, you know the story, died in the wilderness and never went into their place of rest because they had no faith. That's what Hebrews 4 says. And he's telling these modern day Christians, hey, don't be like these people because they had a place of rest they were supposed to get into, but they never got into because they didn't have faith to trust God to get in that place of rest. And he's saying, don't be like those stubborn people in the wilderness that God had to say, you'll never enter my rest because they wouldn't have faith to go in and take the promised land that God had for them. And in Hebrews 4, it's saying that God had always planned this place of rest for us, but it was never supposed to be just a physical location in a place. God's rest was supposed to be in a person, and that person is Jesus. That we wouldn't have to get to a certain place to be in rest. Once we trust that person, we could have rest every day of our life because we're trusting in Jesus and his finished work. And if Jesus' work is finished, guess what? That means you don't have a work to finish. So you can rest. You don't got nothing to do now because the work is finished. All you have to do is trust and believe in his finished work and you can rest every day. For the New Testament believer, every day technically can be a day of Sabbath for you. Because you don't have got to work no more for this. You just have to trust the finished work of Jesus. And when we do that, we enter into that place of rest for our soul. So in the Old Testament, God was literally trying to get his people into a place so they could rest. But it was pointing to a greater reality in the new covenant, which was a person. When we place our faith in Jesus, we receive his rest. Remember it said in Matthew We will find rest for our souls when we trust in Jesus. God wants us to experience this peace, this joy, this abundance, this rest. We need to live in this place, live in the finished work of what he's done every day. We could live in this place of rest. But Hebrews 4 is warning us that we could be just like the Old Testament people that never got into that place of rest. 
But he says, therefore it remains that God has a rest for the people of God. He has a rest for us. Let's look at what it says in Hebrews 4, verse 9 through 11 in the Amplified Bible. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. Let's bring up verse 9 if we could. So there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest. There's that word Sabbath for the people of God. For the one who has once entered his rest has also rested from the weariness and the pain of his human labors, just as God rested from those labors uniquely his own. Verse 11, let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. There remains a Sabbath, full and complete rest for the people of God. That's for all of us in here. And it says, how do we get into it? We put our faith in his finished work. Because when we put our faith in his finished work, we rest from our labors. You with me? But it's interesting in verse 11, it says to make every effort to enter this rest. But some translations, it's funny. It says you need to work to enter his rest. No, no, hold on. You just said the whole chapter is about rest. And then you said y'all need to work to enter this rest. Now, he doesn't mean work in the sense of what he just told us to stop doing. Work in that means you need to put effort into using your faith and trusting him to rest. Now, stay with me, because y'all know if you haven't been doing that, it's going to take some adjusting to do that. If you've been trusting in you and you're going to start trusting in him, it's going to take some effort to make your mind go a different direction, to make your body go a different direction, to make your heart go a different direction and everything's going to be pulling you to go this way and that's why you have to make effort to enter his rest for most of you in here that are very driven like I am and you can't take a day off and you can't take a Sabbath or so you think when you actually start trying to practice this that day's going to be really hard on you at first and you're thinking no it shouldn't be I'm just resting but the Bible says you're going to have to work or put some effort into entering that rest. Because when you stop, when you haven't stopped, your body, your mind, and all of you is going to say, no, I can't do this. And you're going to have to put some effort to say, no, I can do this. And I can trust God today. Come on now, somebody. No, I can do this because I'm entering him in his finished work, not my finished work. No, I can do this today. I can stop today because God's sustaining me today. No, I can stop today. Why? Because he's my healer. He's my provider he's my source and I can take a day off and God's still moving and God's still working and God's still running the universe no it takes some effort to do that it takes some faith some trust to do that when you've been doing the opposite your whole life it takes some faith to do that and that's what he means when he says you need to make effort or work to enter his rest not to earn it but to be a part of it it takes some some effort to trust Jesus. It takes some effort to trust that his work is enough. It takes some effort to say that, no, God has this. I can stop today. I can rest. I don't have to push myself this hard. Why? Because God is working on my behalf. Come on, are you with me today? And so it says in the word of God that that's the rest that he always wanted us to get into. It wasn't just a place physical location it was a person and because of Jesus we can have rest every day we can experience this every day we can experience the rest of God there remains therefore a rest for the people of God notice what it says in verse 10 for he who has entered his rest his rest not your rest his rest has also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent, make every effort to enter that rest. 
So God places a high value on you living in this place of rest. So last week, we, we started talking about why we all need to Sabbath, why we need to practice this. This is a spiritual practice that uh, both the people in the Old Testament and the New Testament practiced. But this is why we need to practice it today. And we talked about that last week on why that's so important. But this week, I want to talk about more on how to take a Sabbath or a rest day every week and why it's important that it needs to be a part of our life. But let's look back at what Jesus said before we enter this part of the message. When Jesus was asked about the Sabbath in the Gospels, he was told many times they would ask him questions about the Sabbath. But how many of you know Jesus, because he was a man living under the law, under the Jewish law, he practiced Sabbath from the time he was born to the time he died. He practiced this. But by the time that Jesus came on the scene, there was a lot of religion and legalism around days like the Sabbath. And pretty much the Sabbath in the eyes of the religious people in that day was pretty much, we're going to tell you, you can't do anything fun on this day. You want to have fun? Not the Sabbath day. You want to rest? Uh-uh, not this day. And there were so many rules around the Sabbath day. And Jesus had to get to the core of the issue with God's people and said, no, you guys have, have treated the Sabbath day all wrong. It's not about rules and legalism. No, Sabbath was made for man. It was made to help man. It was made to bless man. It was made to bring life into your life. It was, it was made for you because God knows you need it. Just like he knows all creation needs rest, mankind needs rest. And he was pointing us back to the real purpose of it. It was for life. It was for rest. It was for enjoyment. It was to be a day that we worshiped and honored God. It was not a day of rules. But this is what he says in Mark 2 and verse 27 and 28. If we could read it for a second here. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not the man made for Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man, that's that's a, a phrase that Jesus referred to himself as from the Old Testament, is also the Lord of the Sabbath. Let's look at verse 27 again. Mark 2, 27. He said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God made this day for us, not for us to have another day to do a bunch of work to try to make sure we're doing the Sabbath right. How many know that's not relaxing? <laughs> he said the Sabbath was made for man. So today I want to talk about, because I told you I wouldn't leave you hanging last week, about how do we, do we actually a Sabbath. Sabbath in your Bible is a command but it was also, in the New Testament, even though it was not technically commanded to do, it was encouraged to do because of God's wise counsel in the Old Testament. The, the Old Testament people practiced this, but the New Testament church practiced this because it was God's wisdom for us to do this every seven days. Now, what day do I have to do it? Here's another thing people get religious about. What day is the Sabbath day? Because I want to make sure I'm doing it right. The point is that you need one. Okay? The, the, the point is not the day. The point is that you need one. We all have different work schedules in here, so some days would work for you that doesn't work for other people and vice versa. Now, technically, the Jewish Sabbath is from Friday evening to Saturday evening. 24 hours. That's the Jewish Sabbath day. Now, in the New Testament church, they changed that to Sunday. And a lot of times, Sunday was the Sabbath day. It's not about the day. It's about the point of doing it once a week. All of you have different work schedules. Some of you, Wednesday might be a good day to do it. Friday might be a good day to do it. But whatever you do, you need to have a day like this. And I'm going to explain to you what it means. That God wants us all to Sabbath. Now, here's some other 
information about Sabbath before we dive into the stop, rest, delight, worship part. Sabbath is not a chore day. Okay, I, I knew you are going to be quiet on this one. Biblically speaking, Sabbath is not another day to do a bunch of chores. It's not. It's a rest day. Sabbath is not a day to get caught up on email. It's a rest day. In the Jewish mindset, in, in Jewish culture, they would actually, the day before Sabbath day, make sure they got all that done that day as a preparation day for the Sabbath day. And if you're going to really do it like it should be done, not legalistically, but because you want to get the most out of that day, you should maybe the day before do your laundry that day, mow the grass that day, get caught up in emails that day so you don't have to do it on the Sabbath day or it really won't be a Sabbath day. You with me? I know it's hard for you because most of y'all do stuff seven days a week, and I realize that we're Americans in here. We love it. Seven days a week, seven days a week, seven days a week. But you're not wired and designed to live that way. It's going to take some preparation if you're really going to do Sabbath the way it should be done. Now, Pastor, why are you talking about this? Because I need this. And this is group therapy. So the more I talk about it on Sunday mornings, the more we all are accountable to each other. Are you with me? And I was thinking about this the other day. How many of us, we ask each other all the time, how is your work going? How, how's your work going? How's your work going? And, and I love conversations like that. I really do. I, I love to hear about what, what kind of projects people are doing and how's their work going. I love stuff like that. I love to, that fires me up when I call some of you guys in here and text you about, you know, what kind of projects you got coming up and what's going on. I love that. But how many know we ask that to everybody, but we never ask them how they're resting? which is just as important as the work conversation. So can I throw this out to you for this next season of life groups? Let's not just ask people about how their work is. Let's ask them how their rest is. And trust me, most of you are going to have to choke up a little bit when somebody asks you that question. Like, not good. Because that's the way I would answer it if somebody asked me. But can we challenge each other in there? Because I'm trying to grow in this area as your pastor. And I'm asking that you would help me, but I'm asking that you would help each other to grow in this area. Can we get in agreement with that, church? That we're going to do that starting this day, this semester of life groups especially, that we would challenge each other and help each other grow in this area. And that we could say, not just when we're eating meals together, hanging out together, well, how's your work going? Ask that, but also how is your rest going? Because really that's how they're really doing. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Okay. Anyways, I'll be honest in here and say I need to grow in this area, and you guys need to help keep me accountable as your pastor. But we need to keep all of each other accountable. Rest is so important. So let's talk about how we Sabbath. Would you like to know? The reason I titled this Stop, Rest, Delight, Worship is this, because if you study Sabbath, there's always four parts to every Sabbath day. It's stop, rest, delight, worship. So I want to talk about all four of those because if it's going to be a good Sabbath day every week for you and your family, you need to practice all four of these things on that day. Once again, not out of religiousness or legalism, trying to earn something from God. No, God's not going to be mad at you if you don't do this. But he did tell you to do it because it would help you, help your family, help your marriage, help your physical and mental health, help your spiritual life if you practice this. And not because it was just a command, but it is encouraged all throughout your Bible. Stop, rest, delight, worship. Let's talk, talk about stop first. If we're going to have a good Sabbath day, now once again, you, you got to pick a day. I'm not going to ask you what your day is, but you got to pick a day. And if the answer is, I don't know a day, then you don't have a day. Okay, let's be honest here. Because then you're like, I don't know what day that is. That means you're not practicing this. I could give you a day that I'm trying for that day to be my day. It's Friday, but it hasn't happened yet. 
or I'm not doing too good at it yet. But it should be Friday, technically on the calendar. So you got to pick a day first, whatever day that is, and then you make preparation for that day. But on that day, you need to do four things. If it's going to be a good Sabbath, if you're really going to rest for your spirit, your soul, and your body, you're going to stop, you're going to rest, you're going to delight, you're going to worship. You stop, rest, delight, worship. Let's talk about stop. Stop is the most basic one. In the Bible, that word where we get Sabbath, Shabbat, means to stop. To stop. To stop your work, to stop your labor, to stop. It's pretty self-explanatory, but I realize most of us don't ever really stop. You don't ever really shut it off. You don't. You got to stop. Stop means I got to stop working. So whatever that day is, it's not the chore day. It's not the, the grass mowing day. It's a stop day. If you got to turn your phone off and you're allowed to turn your phone off, turn it off. Woo! If looks could kill, my God. No, but that's my idol, Pastor, and I can't turn it off. Okay. Well, all right. They get sensitive when you talk about their idols. Turn your phone off if you can. If you can't. Now, I know if there's emergency things, you got to keep it on sometimes. For Like, sometimes I need to keep my phone on because Natalie. She's at school. If she calls me, I need to have it on. Turn it off. Don't check your email that day. Y'all know how you are. If you check it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to snowball. Now, what, now, I'm saying if there's an emergency situation, that's a different situation. Stop. Stop means stop. Stop working. Stop checking your email. Stop checking social media. Stop checking things that will drain you that day. Stop. We all need to do that. We say we want God's rest and we want to be refreshed. You got to do stuff like this. It's real practical. You got to stop them. You're never fully going to get into God's rest for yourself and your life if you don't ever stop. What about this on that day? Choose to stop worrying. All right. Stop complaining that day. Stop doing things that drain your soul and your spirit and your body. Stop. If we're going to properly do a day of rest every week, which God encouraged us to do and told us to do, we're going to have to have a day where we stop. The reason we started with stop because you got to stop before you can do any of the rest of the things we're going to talk about. You got to stop. You got to slow down. We talked about that a few weeks ago. You got to stop. It has to be a day. Now, hey, the other six days, God said, work. Work it. Work it, girl. Do your thing. Hustle. Grind. Get it done. God wants you to be productive. God wants you to be doing great for your family. God wants you to be the leaders in your business. God wants you to be making money and funding the kingdom of God. God wants you to be productive and active and working in what he's called you to do. Six days. He wants you to do that, but the seventh day he says you need to rest because you ain't God and you need to stop. It's what's best for us. I know when I say what's best for you, we know we need this, but we, we, don't, we don't want this because we think we got this, and we don't. You need to stop. I need, well, okay, I'll say it because you're not saying anything to me. I need to stop. Does that feel better? Because I said you need to stop, and everybody's like, yeah, you. This is making you uncomfortable. This message means I'm talking to you. We need to stop. Okay. Rest. We need to rest. The average American sleeps about six hours a night, which is not enough rest. You know the average person should at least sleep eight hours? Now, can I get amen in the church of Jesus Christ? They said before electricity, people slept 11 hours. 11 hours. So let's throw the light bulbs away and let's get back to it. 11 hours. Isn't that crazy? They were well rested. So no wonder these people could work all day and be out in the fields and, and be farming and, and being so productive. If you slept 11 hours, man, your work 
when you were awake, whoo, you'd be strong. We need to rest. Rest means you need to sleep. Listen, I get it, guys. I get it. You want me to be really spiritual and talk about spiritual stuff. And you're really not liking what I'm saying today. But you need this, too. You need it, too. And you know what? I just gave you plenty of scriptures. God cares about this stuff, too. We got to get over this spiritual stuff in church. We're like, God only cares about this side of my life, but he doesn't care about all this. No, he cares about everything. And that's when we talk about like real practical stuff that God wants us to do. Everybody's like, oh, no, let's get back to the word, Pastor. God said you need it. He said you need to rest. Some of the greatest verses in the Bible in the book of Psalms is God gives his beloved sleep. What about verses that say that there's no reason to stay up and worry because God never sleeps? He's got it. You can go to bed. We need to sleep. Most people don't sleep the amount of hours they should sleep in the Western world. Or we have trouble sleeping. Why? Because we're doing things all day to stay up with everybody. Too much caffeine. Too much junk food. Okay, now, come on now. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. What about watching things before you go to bed that's going to make you stay up? Shows you shouldn't be watching. Social media you shouldn't be looking at. And then you're like anxious and depressed and scared when you go to bed. That's not going to help you sleep. We need rest. And if you're going to really Sabbath, you need to stop and you need to rest. You need to take that day and you have permission as your pastor on the Sabbath day to sleep. If you need to get caught up on sleep, get caught up on sleep. If you need to take a nap that day, take a nap and don't feel guilty about it. Because God wants you to rest. He wants you to rest. What about this rest spiritually? He said he would give us rest for our souls. Well, how do we get rest for our souls? We trust him. We believe that God's work is finished. We believe that we can rest in God because he's our provider, because he's our source. And guess what? The world keeps spinning when you take a nap. The oceans still move. The oxygen's still on this planet. The, the, the universe is still functioning whether you go to bed or not. And you can rest spiritually, rest for your soul on that day. Rest because he has the whole world in his hands and you don't. We can rest. So if you're really going to do a proper Sabbath, you got to stop. That has to be part of it. And then you need to rest. You need to rest. Now, if you're already caught up on your sleep, that doesn't mean you have to sleep all day. But I'm saying if you need it, which a lot of people do, that's a day, hey, take a nap. Take two naps. Now, if you got little kids, you're going to have to figure that out. Because he might be down the street doing something. <laughs> Maybe one parent could take a nap and watch the kids and vice versa. See what I'm saying? Okay. But we need to rest. We need to sleep. Do you guys, have you experienced this before where you've been like going hard for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And then you finally get a day off. And you're not trying to sleep that day. But you literally just sleep half the day. Now, what's happening there? Your body is telling you this is what you need and this is what you're going to do. It takes over. But if we lived in this place of rest, we wouldn't have to do those emergency, I need to take a day off and I need to sleep all this day. If we kept this rhythm of Sabbath in our life, we need to rest. Am I boring you? feels like I'm boring you. I'm sorry if I am. I'm just trying to help you as your pastor. I'm sorry. We're trying to help so much today. Um, you got to stop and you got to rest. The third thing is you need to delight. You need to delight. Psalm 37 verse 4, very familiar verse. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord 
and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The third part of Sabbath is after you stop and after you rest, you need to delight. Now, what does delight mean? Delight means you need to do things that are life-giving that day. Do things that bring you joy. Do things that refresh you on that day, on that Sabbath day. One writer said that we should make Sabbath day like Christmas day every week so that you look forward to it. Once a week, we're going to Sabbath, and it's going to be like Christmas day. And I'm going to do things that are life-giving and joyful and refreshing. And God wants you to do stuff like that. Why? Because he wants you to be healthy, spirit, soul, and body. Sabbath should be like Christmas Day every week. But how many know what's life-giving and joy-filled and refreshing for you guys is different from me? And vice versa. So let's not be legalistic about it. For instance... Me taking a hike on a Sabbath day, for me, it's restful. It's life-giving. It's refreshing. I feel good when I get out in nature and when I walk and I get some fresh air. It's life-giving for me. For some of y'all in here, taking a hike would be the worst day of your life. It would feel like agony, pain, distress. I need to call the ER. So guess what? For me... I need to do that on a day like that because it's a delight. It's, it's going to bring me joy and refreshing. And God, God cares about that. But maybe for you, that's not your thing. Here's, here's another example because we're all made up differently. For some people on the Sabbath day, it would be fun to have like 30 people over for a barbecue. Okay? That would be life-giving for you. For other people who don't like humans... I'm joking. I'm joking. And you're more introverted. Maybe you need the day by yourself or just with a small group of people. Two different types of people. One thing's life-giving and one thing's draining depending upon the person. So you have to do what's going to help you on that day. What's going to be joy-filled and life-giving and what's going to refresh you. God wants that day to not just be about stopping and resting, but God wants you to delight in the Sabbath day. And part of delighting in God on the Sabbath day is delighting at all the things that God created for us to enjoy. The Bible says that God has richly given us all things to enjoy. That every good and perfect gift that we experience from him is to enjoy. That God created things on this earth for us to enjoy. As long as we don't make them God, we can enjoy them. And God made those things to bring refreshing to us spirit, soul, and body. They're life-giving. Do you know that God created pleasure? Pleasure is not a bad word. We so many times we think of like the worst situations when we say pleasure, when it's like somebody who's out of control and addicted to things that are hurting them. But God wants you to have pleasure in your life. God wants you to enjoy things that are pleasurable. God created every good gift for us to enjoy. He created it for us. You with me? Now let's read another verse, Psalm 16 and verse 11. You will show me the path of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In this passage, God says when we, when we delight in him, what? There's life, there's joy, and there's pleasure. They referred to the Sabbath day like this, that you should pleasure stack, pleasure stacking. That means write down a list of all the things you really like to do that are good and healthy for you, refreshing, that bring you life, and try to fit as many of those in on that day as you can. So it's a day of celebration. It's a day of delight. It's a day of joy. God wants you to do that. Why? Because that's life-giving to your soul. 
And so many times we work all week long not enjoying the good things that God created. We need a day like that once a week to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. Of the wonder of his creation. That God is a God who, who wants us to enjoy and to be refreshed and to be full of life and to experience pleasure if it's pointing to him. Do you realize all great music was made by God? For us to enjoy, art was made by God for us to enjoy. Good food was made for us to enjoy. Good sex. I knew I would get that. That's why I put the microphone out. God made that. It's not a bad thing. He made it for you to enjoy with your husband and wife. Gosh, it's so quiet. Apparently, you need some. Okay. God made nature. God made this world for us to enjoy. On the Sabbath day, we need to take delight in what he's made. It's not wrong. It's not evil. God made it for us to enjoy. And if you look at it right, you live in this place of, thank you, God. When you experience that. You know, when I go out to Charleston State Park and I'm taking a walk, I'm not out there worshiping Mother Nature. Smelling like hemp. <laughs> Looking like I just got off a nine-hour shift at Rainbow Blossom. Walking barefoot. Sound bathing in the woods. You know what I do at Charlestown State Park? When I'm walking out there and I'm experiencing nature and creation and I'm walking and, and I, can, I can feel my soul calming down from all the mess of just life and I'm walking and I'm enjoying it and I can start to feel my mind clear up and my body clear up and I, my spirit clear up and I'm talking to God and praying. I'm not, I'm not looking around at the nature and, and worshiping it like it's something. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, God. You made this for me. You made this for, for being kind to enjoy so it would bring refreshing and joy into my life. It's not you, but you made it for me. That's what we should think about every good gift, but especially on the Sabbath day when you eat a great meal. Not to worship the meal or the chef, but to say, man, God, thank you for creating that for me. Because you wanted me to enjoy this. When you listen to some great music and you, you hear the artistry in it and you're like, man, that's good. And it just moved me. You say, God, thank you. Not worshiping the person, but God, you made that for me to help me. When you read a good book and you really enjoy the author, not to worship the author, but to worship the God who made that author that created that book and say, God, you made that for me to enjoy. When you experience what God has made for you and delight in it, it brings delight to God. You with me? I realize some of the things I'm saying you've never heard in church before. But you need it. We need to delight in God. He wants you to experience life and joy and pleasure as long as we keep it directed at him, thanking him for it. So on the Sabbath day, you need to do things that are life-giving and refreshing to you. Once you stop and once you've rested, you need to do things that you enjoy. Go eat at your favorite restaurant on that day. Make it special for your family. Go watch a movie if that's what brings refreshing to you. Go outside and throw the football with your kids if that's refreshing to you. Get around the fire pit. Do things that bring you life. Read the book. Drink the coffee. And all you want that day. Do things that bring refreshing to you. God wants us to, to, to delight on the Sabbath day. You with me? I'm going to close. So we see here that on the Sabbath day, if we're really going to do it right, we've got to choose a day. Then on that day, we need to stop, we need to rest, and we need to delight in God. And we can delight in God by doing the things that are healthy. I'm not talking inappropriate things ever. I'm talking about things that are life-giving, refreshing, joy-filled for us, for our husband and wife, for our kids, for our family. And make that day special. This is Christmas Day once a week, every week, where we honor God by living this way. 
Make it fun for your kids. Make it fun for your grandkids. Man, this is a day that God made for us to enjoy. Enjoy every good and perfect gift that he's made. Did you get something? One last thing. On the Sabbath day, we need to worship. Brother Daryl, could you come play? You guys still here? You got to invite me back next week. Okay. Thank you, Miss Marion. Miss Marion is. Worship. On the Sabbath day, we worship. Now, if your Sabbath day is Sunday, that's awesome that it coincides with church because you get to worship corporately with everyone together. Now, I know a lot of you in here, probably Sabbath day for you is Sunday. So it's perfect that you start your day with worship. But maybe it's not on Sunday. Once we stop, once we rest, once we delight, we worship God. The Sabbath day is a day of worship to God. And when we do it, all of those things are worship. Stopping when God tells you to stop is worship. Resting when God tells you to rest is worship. Delighting in what God has made to help you is worship when he told you to do it. But we worship God. We worship God. So that day, I would say, maybe take extra time to pray on the Sabbath day. Take extra time to read in the scriptures on the Sabbath day. Turn worship music on in your house and sing and worship God. Get your kids involved in it. Get your grandkids involved in it. What about read a book that would help your spiritual growth and help you to grow in your faith on the Sabbath day. But on the Sabbath, we need to make sure we worship God. Because it's all about Him and it's all for Him. And God told us to do this because it would help us as a loving Father. He knows we need it, but we need to worship God. And let's be honest, most of the time we don't worship God that well because we're moving too quick. Working seven days a week, you barely have any time to talk to God because you're doing too much. Going too many places, staying connected on your phone too much. And that's a day that you could say, hey, I'm going to dedicate this to you, God, and I'm going to connect with you on the Sabbath day. In a special way. Because it's a different day than the rest of the week. It should be blessed and it should be holy. One of the interesting things about the Sabbath day in Jewish culture is on the Sabbath day, they, as a community, they speak the blessing over their family on the Sabbath day. There's something about the Sabbath day that on the day that God told them to set apart the Jewish people, and they still do this today, they speak the blessing over their kids, their grandkids, their husband, their wife. And you know what, church? We need to stop being so awkward about spiritual things with our family. I'm going to go say it how I feel it. You need to pray with your husband or wife sometimes. Stop being awkward. You need to pray with your kids. You need to bring up spiritual stuff at the dinner table and stop being awkward about it. Seriously. So many of us, especially Americans, we, we have something that is like we have a hard time opening up about things that really matter. We need to talk about it to our kids. We need to talk about it to our grandkids. We need to speak the blessing of our kids, not just in private, but in public. Speak the blessing. Speak their calling over them. Speak their future over them. Speak the blessing of God over your children and your family and your husband or wife. Speak the blessing of God. And we need to get over this and not be afraid of intimacy with our family and opening up about the things that really matter. How will we ever pass that on to anyone if we don't speak up? And the Sabbath day is a day that we can speak the blessing over our family and, and, and pray over our family and read scriptures together as a family and worship together in our, as a family. And we need to just get beyond the awkwardness or stepping out or feeling like, I don't know if I'm going to say the right thing. Just start. And God will anoint it 
He will bless it. If we honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy, we, we choose that day to worship. The one thing I kept hearing more than anything, and on the, on the Sabbath day is a day of thanksgiving and gratitude, and that's worship. That we thank God for every good and perfect gift He's given us. That we thank God for all that we have. We thank God that we are not sustaining our life. We thank God that, that He's helping us and He loves us and He's for us. We thank God for what He's doing in our church, what He's doing in our community, what He's doing with our friends and family. It's a day of thanksgiving and gratitude to God. It's a day of thanksgiving and gratitude to God. And we're going to do that in a second as a church. We're going to do that in a second as a church. It's good for you. So we stop, we rest, we delight, and we worship. Isaiah 58 and verse 13. Look at what it says. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. He's saying if we honor these days that God tells us to honor, he said if you honor that, it will bring joy to your life. It will bring life to you. It will bring blessing to you just by following what God has told us to do. And then it says, because that you will live in a place of triumph when you live in a place of rest. Did you guys get something today? Let's stand up for a moment together. Just for a few minutes here, I want us to all just raise our hands if you feel comfortable. Out of your own mouth, out of your own mouth, just for a few minutes. Trust me, it's going to help you. It's going to help you. It's going to help you connect with God, and you need to say it. You need to say it out of your own mouth. We're going to thank God. We're going to be grateful today. Now, some of you, today is your Sabbath day. It's the day you rest or you want to rest. Let's just start today on, on Sunday at church. Let's start right now. Let, let's worship God with some thanksgiving. See, out of your own mouth, just for a few minutes here. God, we just thank you. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that you brought into our life. God, we thank you this morning. We thank you for our bodies being able to function the way we're designed to function. Father, we thank you for a mind that works. We thank you for a mind that's, that's full of your peace and full of your joy. God, we thank you for a family. We thank you for our kids and our grandkids. We thank you for our husband or our wife. We thank you for our, our church community and our church family. God, we thank you for all the good gifts that you brought into our life. God, we thank you for a house that we can live in. We thank you, Father God, for a car that we came in today. We thank you, Father God, for the job that we have. We thank you that it can help us to make income. Father, we thank you that we are blessed today and, and well able to do everything you called us to do. God, we thank you that you are the sustainer of life, that you're the sustainer of all life, that you're God and we're not, and that you hold all things together by the word of your mouth. And Father, we thank you that you've given us every good and perfect gift. We thank you, Father God, for all the, the wonderful things that you've given us to enjoy. God, we love you today. We thank you for the oxygen in our lungs. We thank you for today that new mercies are new because it's a new day. We thank you, Father God, that you're, you're helping us as a church community get healthier, spirit, soul, and body. We thank you that you desire to do something great in us and great in our families and great in our marriages and great in our future. Father, we thank you today for it. Come on, is anybody thankful? God, we love you today. We, we thank you that you're our healer this morning. We thank you that you're our provider today. We thank you that you're our source today, that you're our deliverer, that you're our savior, that you're our peace, that you're our joy. We thank you, Father God, that we can take a day off because your work is finished. We're living in the finished work of what you have done for us today. 
And we thank you, Father God, for the rest of God to be upon your people. We thank you that we would receive that Hebrews 4 rest that we spoke of today, that there is a rest for the people of God. The Father, that we would enter into it. We would fully enter into the rest that you have for us in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. Let us enter into the rest that you have for us. It's been made available, but let us enter that rest today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you today. We love you today. We're thankful today. We're a thankful people. We're a grateful people. Help us to practice this as a church community. Help us to grow in it. I know some of the things we've shared the past several weeks are new to a lot of us in here. Help us to practice this in our life because it's going to be something that's going to bring life to us. It's life-giving. God wouldn't tell us to do it if it wasn't going to help us. We thank you, Father. We are going to listen to you. We're going to listen to you. We're going to rest. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. This morning, let me say specifically, and we're still in this place of worship, but this issue of rest could be life and death for some of you in here this morning. I don't say that lightly. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to freak anybody out. But you guys know who you are because the Holy Spirit has convicted you. And I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand. It could be life or death for you. Because you cannot live your whole life that way. Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, or any other way. Because if you don't take a break, you will break. So I feel like God is speaking this message to a lot of us in here because we need this. And he doesn't want you to get down the road and you have a physical crisis or a mental emotional crisis or a spiritual crisis because you didn't listen to him. He's speaking to a lot of you in here that you need this message on rest. And you need to start practicing this. Even if you just start small, you need to start practicing this. You need to listen to your pastor because This is a word for several of you in here. It could be a matter of life and death. God told us to do it for our benefit. The Sabbath was made for man, not the man made for Sabbath. To help us. I'm talking to myself too this morning. And I know the Holy Spirit's convicting you right now if that's that's you in here. You don't need to raise your hand. You don't need to tell anybody, but just between you and God, you need to make the decision. I'm going to start practicing that. I'm going to start doing that. God, help me to do that. Help me to find a day. Help me to, to, to bring rest into my, my schedule. Help me to bring rest into my calendar. Help me to practice this. He'll help you, but you need to make the decision today. To stop, to rest, to delight and to worship and I believe for many of you in here if you start doing that your physical health will start changing your mental emotional health will start changing and even your spiritual health will start changing you'll be able to connect with God on a different level because you actually slowed down long enough to listen to him to hear him to connect with him I believe for many of you in here, it's going to affect your kids and your grandkids in a supernatural way. It's going to affect your marriage. You need this. You need this. Now, once again, not I'm not talking about in a legalistic, you have to do this. No, God wants it for you because it's what's best for you. And I'm encouraging you strongly as your pastor. That's for many of you in here today. And I feel that strongly. Not I'm not making that up. I know the spirit of God. And he wouldn't have told me to say it if it wasn't for many of you in here today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we receive that challenge. We receive that challenge. We receive that correction that needs to be made in some of our hearts and minds right now. We receive that. We're listening to you. We're not going to have a hard heart. We're going to listen to you. Thank you, Father. 
Come on, does anybody say I'm going to listen to him? Come on, look, we're not going to have a hard heart towards God. We're not going to be stubborn like the children in the wilderness that didn't go into the promised land. We're not going to harden our hearts, the Bible says in Hebrews 4. We're going to listen. We're going to listen. And what does he want us to listen to? We need to rest. We need to rest. We need to enter his rest. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.